Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are in the red this morning on the back of a sell-off on Wall Street overnight. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good Thursday morning, Ryan Huang. Happy Thursday, Michelle. Let's start the morning with one of the most anticipated Fed decisions in some time. Investors have been so uncertain and concerned about just how the U.S. Federal Reserve will address the twin threats of inflation and the banking crisis that has really roiled markets over this past two weeks. I'd like to say the Fed did not disappoint, but it seems <laughs> there are many views about this, as many as there are market analysts. So let's jump into it. What action did the Fed take? All right. So let's start with the obvious ones. So 25 basis point rate hike. That is what we got. That was what was widely expected, even though there was a wide range of opinions from pausing to zero and 50 that was still on the table for some market watchers. We got 25, which was what most people were looking out for. Then the next question is, what's next after 25? And I think this is where Jerome Powell came out with some language to guide for what to expect. And on that front, he said, don't expect any rate cuts this year. Bear in mind that going into this year, there were some expectations that we might see a pivot of sorts, cutting rates. But I think bearing in mind some of the data he's been getting and also some of the confidence that he's seeing in terms of being able to hike more without damaging the economy too much, he has the confidence to push on further. So that's the main message that we could be due for more rate hikes to come. And also, if you look into language, he does not seem too bothered yet by the banking crisis. And I think this is what came forth with his tone as well, that between addressing inflation or addressing financial stability, the inflation side of things won in this case. You know, more hikes could be in store down the road. That's right, Ryan. Um, some people look at the language, though, and say he omitted the term that we've heard frequently, which is ongoing increases. Um, so perhaps the most aggressive streak of rate hikes could be behind us. If you look at inflation in the U.S., it's running at around 6%. That is still significantly higher than the Fed's 2% target. So it seems that the end to the rate hike cycle could be in sight, but the Fed may also leave rates higher for longer than expected, of course. If we take a look at market reaction now to the Fed's announcement, the S&P 500 initially jumped after the Fed's decision was announced before falling sharply towards the end of trading. It finished down 1.6%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and NASDAQ right there with it, also down some 1.6%. Now, some analysts say the market's drop was not so much in reaction to Jerome Powell and the Fed, but rather to Janet Yellen and the U.S. Treasury Department. So what exactly... Did Yellen say that spooked investors? Yeah, there's always someone to blame, right, Michelle? <laughs> Let's point a finger at Janet Yellen. Yes, it's a fault. So this is what she said. This was around the recent saga surrounding the banking sector, in particular how SVB went under and this big hoo-ha. Some people were insured, some were not. And this was around the threshold of 250000 So those who had more money, millions above 250000 were not covered theoretically until the regulators and the government said, hey, we'll help you guys out. Then everyone's asking, what's going to happen next if the next SVB comes around? So that was a question. And she came out to say, hey, we will not be considering providing blanket insurance. So that kind of poured water on the fact that 
the Fed or the US government is going to be there as the backstop for future repeats of SVB. And people were spooked, yep. thinking that they, they thought that Janet Yellen was actually on their side, that they would be able to expect some help. But she kind of walked back her earlier rhetoric from past comments. And it's a bit of a confusing environment that she's now painting. Yeah, so Kramer said the market would have been fine if it hadn't been for Janet Yellen saying the government was not going to bail out shareholders, bondholders or depositors in banks that recently failed. So if we take a step back, what do you make of the Fed's moves and Yellen's announcement about banks? The whole idea from these guys is to get some clarity. We got it to some extent from Fed Chair Jerome Powell. And then you have thought that Janet Yellen, being the previous Fed chair, she have learned some lessons. But it looks like she has not really gotten the memo. And I think this is not really welcomed by markets, also not welcomed by anyone in industry. You need clarity to figure out how to plan your business, how to go about your day. And on that front, it does not look like everyone on the administration is on the same page. I think that's something she might be struggling with, getting everyone internally to be aligned with her. So I think on that front, she has been trying to navigate herself out of this mess by not overcommitting. And I think with that, it has manifested to her flip-flopping to some extent. So it's not a very coherent message yet. And I think with um, what's going to play out, the banking sector could be in for more jitters. I was reading Stephen Innes's Invest Update again this morning, and I like the way he sums it up. He says, the good news is the Fed is unlikely to hike rates again anytime soon. The bad news, though, is that the banking crisis on Main Street will almost certainly hurt the real economy and possibly throw the U.S. into recession. Now, speaking of this, what is the latest when it comes to uh, the latest U.S. bank to come into investor sites for all the wrong reasons, Ryan? Yeah, when we talk about crisis, it is a crisis of confidence. You've got people just running for safety, not just asking questions later, not just finding safe havens of sorts. So this is what's happening here. Pack West is the latest in the headlines. They are down 17% on their stock price after disclosing that a lot of people have been withdrawing money to the tune of more than $6 billion in deposits. So it's reflective of what's paying up for some of these smaller, mid-sized banks that squeeze on liquidity, that squeeze on deposits. You've got a lot of people trying to move their money to bigger banks. And the worry here is, this could be a start of a trend. You've got maybe companies thinking, hey, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to guess what's going to happen. Let's just move it anyways so I can avoid the entire headache. PacWest said it had considered a capital raise with potential investors but dismissed it, saying uh, determined it would not be prudent to move forward with a transaction at this time. Now, what others some see as risk, others may see as opportunity. So Market Watch has a great article out this morning about 10 bank stocks that currently look cheap. What are a couple of entries? Banks on the list. Yeah, you might want to look at this list if you've got the appetite for some risk. And bearing in mind, we did see some pressure on some of the banking stocks. Then we had some relief rally going on. So they have bounced back from some of their lows. But you have to figure out if this is the low or the bottom yet. So that's the question you have to ask. But interestingly, some 
opportunities in terms of options when you look at some of the valuations that are starting to make them look attractive. So based on the 20 trading lowest to tangible book value as of the close on Tuesday, among them, First Republic, that familiar name. If you've got a risk appetite, maybe you could bounce back. Cosmos Bangkok, Citigroup, PacWest, we just talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Among those as well, Ally or Ali Financial, Bank United, Western Alliance, and Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, Washington Federal. Fifth, third, these are po- probably some of the more uh, familiar names. Otherwise, you've got some of the smaller ones like Popular Inc., mm. Valley National. So you do have a list to consider if you have the appetite for banks right now. Look at the price change. February 28th to March 21st, a dip of 87% for First Republic Bank, 56% for PacWest Bank Corp. Uh, amazing. Yeah, and, I can cheap get cheaper. I guess you have to ask yourself that. Yeah, well, I was talking to Jason Dacey. He's in Australia, you know, uh, covering news for ABC. And he said the, the psyche for Australian investors is when it comes to bank shares, you take a big, the biggest truck you can get in times like this and then you back up and you pile <laughs> as many of these shares as you can into your truck. All right, get a big truck right now. <laughs> Another word of caution though. Uh, First Republic is on that list of banks with good valuations. But the ratings agency, Fitch, has been the latest agency to hit First Republic with a ratings downgrade. And Fitch notes that First Republic has a more costly funding profile. So proceed with caution. Meanwhile, investors and regulators are still grappling with Switzerland's decision to prioritize equity investors over some bondholders in its bailout of Credit Suisse. Now, the move upends the normal pecking order I've raised this several times here. And that's led a lot of people to wonder, hey, who is being stuck with Credit Suisse worthless AT? bonds. Yeah, who is the people or persons holding the bag at the end of the, the end of the music? So you've got some big names here. So we are looking at PIMCO, Pacific Investment Management Company, Invesco. These are among the largest holders of these AT1s. So PIMCO has over 800 million US dollars and Invesco over 370 BlackRock, also among the names, 113 million. And elsewhere, you've got funds by Lazard Freres, Gestion, and GAM Investments. So far, many of the big guys. I guess the good news is you don't have a lot of exposure from the retail crowd because these things typically are marketed to the more sophisticated investor or accredited ones. So on that front, it's good news. So maybe there's a silver lining here. Even some internal employees apparently were awarded with these additional tier one bonds now completely worthless. Um, The Swiss government's move to prioritize equity investors has led regulators here in Singapore, even those in Hong Kong, to state that the same will not happen here. The Monetary Authority of Singapore and the Hong Kong Monetary Authority have both issued statements to say that subordinated debt holders have priority over shareholders when banks are wound up. What do you think uh, market reaction to all this has been? Yeah, with these AT1s, they were designed to give regulators the leeway to do what they did. And in this fr- on this front, Swiss regulators um, were able to do that, just pass on the burden to those AT1 bondholders legally. So look at what we have in Singapore. It's a very different picture because of what's, um, I guess, the 
implications. So if you look at some of the analysts who have been covering this, they are watching some of the impact. Most of them say you know, the secondary impact so far has been quite um, muted. There has been some knee-jerk responses. Mm-hmm. Initially, we are seeing some prices drift downwards on some of these type of AT1 bonds. But by and large, going forward, they don't think it is going to be a big issue because companies who have strong fundamentals, financial health being robust, sound capital management, you know, they have stuff to back them up versus what you might see in on the Credit Suisse balance sheet. So on that front, they will be more resilient in terms of being able to issue these perpetuals. So short term, there could be some jitters, but long term, they don't see any huge headwinds for 81 issuance. Yeah, I also wonder mid-near term, is this going to be a significant hit on the perceived prestige mm. of this bank, Credit Suisse? Let's switch gears now. Time for corporate news and a game of up or down. Uh, are you ready? Let's go, Michelle. Let's look at MedTech's a locally listed company. Yeah, MedTech is a company that makes a lot of medical equipment, PPE, gloves, masks, and of course, we don't need much of that these days. So it is very curious to see its stock price spike 22.5%. So much so, it attracted a query from the SGX. So on that front, you could argue it's an up. Wow. Look at that. Medtex up nearly 25% yesterday on the back of what it makes. Protective gear? The sharp rise in share prices, yes, has led to that query about unusual movements from Singapore Exchange. So... Uh, basically, while Medtech share price is up, the reason why is still quite uncertain. Let's look at NIO. NIO is going to be an up for me. So this is the Chinese EV maker and it is sounding very confident mm. of hitting its sales goals. So it is expecting to hit its target of doubling sales to 250,000 EVs this year. So great news and maybe some of the Chinese reopening story here could be helping to lift its sales. Neo's confidence and its shares are looking good. They're up nearly 10% in Singapore trade over the past two trading sessions. They're up even more in Hong Kong, by the way. Let's look at City Developments or CDL. All right, it's going to be an up but they're going down under on a shopping spree, mm. buying Sofitel Hotel for nearly 180 million Australian dollars. So that's going to see its footprint expand a bit more in Australia. Indeed, this should be a good addition to CDL's property. I'm going to give CDL an up. And next time I check in with Jason over in Brisbane, we're going to talk about this. Let's look at Semcorp Industries now. All right, Sankor Industries is an up and it looks like they might have a deal in the pipeline. So in focus is its waste management unit. Mm -hmm. The guys who go around the neighborhood picking up your garbage and loading it onto trucks, that sort of thing. So that's part of the equation that could be for sale as much as $700 million. But it is initial discussions based on reports right now. It's not official and it might not happen. So that's the caveat. 
So it's considering the sale of its waste management unit. Reportedly in talks, it is with Sem Waste, uh, to divest rather, to sell Sem Waste. As long as it gets a good price, I'll give an up for its Sem Corp Industries. All right, let me pick up my bling baton. I usually drop that on the floor, any sign of financial crisis. Uh, there's an interesting article about the uh, fears from what's happening in the banking industry. Bloomberg running a piece that argues banking crises are a bad look for Louis Vuitton and Gucci. So luxury does well, of course, when shoppers are happy and they feel mm. wealthy. But all this drama around SVB, Credit Suisse and other banks may be a downer. What do you make of this? Yeah, they do have a point. So if you think about it, in the past few years, despite all the troubles in the world, COVID-19, people worry about jobs, a lot of the luxury segment still held up quite strongly. Golf courses were just bringing in the crowds. Cars are still being sold. Property prices were still going up. Then you think about it right now, the banking sector, the implications could weigh on stuff like your property prices. And this is where the wealthy have a lot of their portfolio and wealth tied to these things, property, for example. So that could now see them maybe think twice about spending on that third handbag or that fourth handbag. So you might see a bit of a pinch there with what's playing out in the banking sector in terms of the knock-on impact. Not good news for the big European luxury companies, Louis Vuitton, uh, LVMH. And if we look at history, after the 2008 financial crisis and China's crackdown on conspicuous consumption back in 2015, shoppers did rein in their appetite as well for LV bags and Prada shoes. So no more Prada shoes for you? Uh, Uh, Maybe just buy one. One side. Okay, rain it in a little <laughs> bit. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay with us here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.